It's February 25th, 2015, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First, we're going to cover some local science and tech stories. Then we're going to hear from David Ulrich about the Pacific New Media uh, Contemporary Photography in Hawaii exhibition. Then we'll also have Kathleen Cabral here to tell us about the upcoming annual Leeward Community College Geek Day. And finally, we'll learn about an underwater robotics program called Sea Perch. Uh, We've invited Coast Guard Organizer Lieutenant Commander Andy Goshorn and the team from Waiwa Elementary. We'd, of course, love you as part of that conversation. You can give us a call or tweet us. But first, the headlines. Well, two government websites in Hawaii received national recognition this week. Harvard University's John F. Uh, John F. Kennedy School of Government recognized the mymy.hawaii.gov site, uh, a governmental portal, in its uh, 2015 Bright Ideas program. The university's Ash Center for Democratic Governance and Innovation also recognized the Honolulu um, city and county of Honolulu for its first in the nation all online neighborhood board elections. The year's All-American uh, Bright Ideas cohort includes 124 programs from all levels of government and several public-private partnerships. The my.hawaii.gov portal was designed to deliver your government your way. They added a gamification element to government. They leveraged the existing architecture and launched a single sign-on system. The portal integrates seven departments and is seen as a successful hub of business conducted online with the state. Keone Kali, the state's chief information officer, said in a statement, Our ultimate aim is to provide access to relevant information and offer transparency in government. We are extremely honored and proud of our team. This recognition strengthens our resolve in taking our Internet presence and application of citizen-facing services to the next level. The Honolulu Neighborhood Board Program, meanwhile, increased voter participation while at the same time reducing paper postage and processing costs by putting its elections online. The award was based on the commission's work in 2013, but that work is continuing to evolve. Uh, Nicole Velasco, Executive Secretary of the Neighborhood Commission, said in a statement, we are honored to have the pioneering work that has been done in digital digital elections be recognized on the national stage uh, such as this. The ongoing 2015 Neighborhood Board elections are once again utilizing the digital voting method. Now, both of these uh, uh, government organizations, I mean, I think they've done pretty good about uh, leveraging the web technologies and, and the myhawaii.gov site is pretty spiffy looking. Right, well, it's a responsive design. Mm-hmm. It's a model that uh, we even bring up, for example, at my my office. Um, so I can see, you know, they have centralized payments. They're they're doing more with that. Although, you know, there are developing tools and technology that private companies are developing as well. So it's an interesting space to be in mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Nicole to talk about the neighborhood board election just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They're getting underway. They announced just this week that they got over 600 candidates for neighborhood board. That is the most candidates they've got in 10 years. And I am certain that it's their outreach, social media, bite marks. Cafe, well, you know, I thought, yeah, them. I thought that they got recognized for their social media campaign because that was excellent. I mean, right. they really put it out there. But it's always good to see uh, local work being mm-hmm. recognized by the by, by on the national stage. Students from two local schools will build and operate a system designed to be deployed on the surface of the moon. Iolani School and Kealakehe High School will collaborate on the project with NASA, a team from Google's XPRIZE program, and the Pacific International Center for Space, Space Exploration Systems, that's Pisces. The program is called Moon Riders, and of course, Riders stands for something. It stands for Research Investigating Dust Expulsion Removal Systems. This public-private partnership involves both a public and private school, <coughs> Excuse me. 
It's a first for Hawaii and is aimed at solving long-standing challenges to extraterrestrial exploration. A major problem with landings on the moon or other planets is dust. Eons of dust, fine as flour but rough as sandpaper particles, get kicked up during a landing and can cause havoc with equipment and flight suits. Uh, This became evident to NASA as soon as we first landed on the moon. Researchers came up with a method to remove surface dust called an electrodynamic dust shield, or EDS. The students from both schools will test the EDS system as part of the series of tests that will continue up to the construction of a full-size mock-up of a moon lander. The Iolani team used their maker facility to build a quarter-size mock-up of the astrobotic lunar rover called the Griffin. The Kealakehe team is working on an alternative rover designed by the Earthrise Space Foundation. Both teams started in September, and they're now preparing for that engineering field test on Mauna Kea next month. Tim Cottrell, head of Iolani School, said in a statement, This is an extraordinary, innovative learning opportunity for students to gain the hands-on experience, technological skills, and access to a culture of collaboration that is essential to 21st century learning. You know, I uh, was um, uh, privy to the press conference that they had last week, and it was uh, really pretty interesting. And I thought maybe perhaps more schools would get involved. But then after I realized how much devotion and dedication each school had to put into this program— uh, I can see where you know it was pretty much whittled down to two because they basically built a uh, well. First off, it's a twenty five percent right now uh, scale mm-hmm. mock up, uh, but they're going to take it to the full scale. But you know, there's a whole slew of things that they're testing. And I mean, they're working with actual you know technology, a high voltage, low current system, this EDS system, mm-hmm. because they want to keep dust off solar panels, optics, and other hardware. But they're also doing the other side of it. The, in addition to this STEM work. They're doing STEM outreach. They're doing the website, the social media for this program. So it's both a part of their own learning, but also spreading the word. For example, Iolani's team, uh, it's mostly juniors and seniors, but they're going to be working with third graders to to bring them up to Mm -hmm. speed as well. Mm -hmm. The launch, though, for this uh, uh, program specifically uh, beyond our planet is not until late next year, but this work is definitely there's important. A, there's actually a trip coming up in March where they're going to take the mock-up over to the Big Island and do some tests. Right, so maybe right. we'll have them come on the show maybe uh, later on in March. Sure. Get an update. And finally, here's a couple of stories I wanted to share with you. Hawaii's most successful venture capital deals and startup entrepreneurs will be recognized tomorrow evening at the 15th annual Hawaii Venture Capital Association Awards Gala. Awards will be given out for Deal of the Year, as well as several Entrepreneur of the Year awards for tech, life sciences, social impact, and students for the list of award finalists. And for tickets, you can go to hvca.org. And this Sunday, local designer and developer Kyle Oba is leading a full-day workshop on coding with Swift. Swift is Apple's new programming language for iPhones and iPads. Kyle's been previewing and honing this the curriculum for this class at events over the past few weeks. I've even attended one even though I wasn't qualified at all. (laughs) Uh, But if you're interested in becoming an app developer, this session is for you. You can look up the Apple Swift Workshop on the Pacific New Media website at outreach.hawaii.edu. I'm still waiting for your uh, your app. app, right? It's coming. Well, speaking of Pacific New Media, joining us on the uh, show right now is David uh, Ulrich, and he's uh, here to tell us about the 2015 Contemporary Photography of Hawaii Contest. Uh, welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Ryan. As so, you know, we have a very diverse and very thriving photographic community mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Every year, we sponsor a juried exhibition called Contemporary Photography in Hawaii. This is the seventh annual. Mm-hmm. And we get quite a lot of entries. We had 540-some entries last year from 
140 photographers, of which 57 were selected. And what we attempt to do is a survey of what's taking place in contemporary photography statewide on an annual basis. Now, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with some of these organ- these uh, communities, sub-communities of photography. Mine are primarily digital, the Flickr community, the, the, uh, the, the other hosting sites have their own communities. Although now Facebook is the number one repository for, photography, for digital photography on the planet. I'm kind of curious how widespread is that umbrella that you're casting for what would be considered contemporary photography. Any work that was done with a camera or photographic process. That includes digital. In fact, the vast majority of our entries are digital. Mm -hmm. But there are quite a number of people still working with analog or darkroom processes, Mm -hmm. alternative processes. People use photography as part of other kinds of art as well. So there are artists that consider themselves photographers the, the net that we cast is very wide. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if uh, the number of photographers have, have increased as a result of the smartphone. And, and do any of these uh, photographers consider themselves photographers because now they have a smartphone? Or you know, are they pretty still, you know, the, the, at least the ones that submit entries are pretty much, uh, you know, have a good professional 35 millimeter digital SLR? Not all. Some of the photographs that have been in the show have been from uh, digital phones. The only caveat is that these works need to be printed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1930-something, Laszlo Moholy-Nagy, who was the head of the Bauhaus, said, the illiterate of the future will be ignorant of pen and camera alike. And that's really true today because everybody, as you say, has a phone. Many of those phones take very good pictures. So we're open to any kind of photography I would say to those people that want to enter, what we really look at is content. Do you have something to say? Are you talking about something interesting or significant in your work? Just as a tip for people, I Hmm. would venture to say that the majority of pictures that get rejected are oversaturated color, people trying too hard quote unquote, to mm-hmm. make a good picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's, uh, who's uh, jurying these selections? We have a very, very exciting juror this year. Her name is Elaine Mays. She's the former uh, chair of the photography department at NYU. And she came to Hawaii first in 1991 on a Guggenheim fellowship. Mm-hmm. She did a Guggenheim fellowship. She photographed the islands of Hawaii, did a privately printed book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator Daniel Inouye wrote the introduction. So she's been an educator and a photographer for, I would say, 50 years at this point. One of her early gigs was photographing the Monterey Pop Festival with Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, et cetera. Wow. I would like to see that uh, series of photos. And she's also teaching a workshop for us uh, coming up in uh, March, late March. And she'll be giving a free public talk on March 26th and a workshop on March 28th and 9th. So for this uh, Contemporary Photography Exhibition, if there are photographers listening, um, how I believe the deadline is approaching. How can they enter? The deadline is Friday at 6 o'clock. All of the entries are done digitally. They should go to our website, outreach.hawaii.edu slash PNM, and download the entry form of the prospectus. It's a digital submission they submit the pictures by email. So I, I do want to say my wife and I both submitted just out of curiosity because we wanted to see what would happen. Um, it's a specific process that you follow. So I, if the deadline is 6 p.m. on Friday, I would probably get started on that uh, several hours before that. I would venture to say that half of our entries come in on Friday. 
<laughs> oh, that's good to know. So, and and also, just so everyone knows, the names are stripped off of the files, so when the juror looks at them, uh, the names are anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for me and my name and all the things that are attached to it. <laughs> for those of you people that are famous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, David, for joining us. And, of course, now Kathleen Cabral from Leeward Community College is here to tell us about the upcoming Geek Day 2015. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm so excited. I think this one's going to be our best ever. Oh, I, yeah? Okay. I, I thought I, you said I, last year. Well, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, and maybe it's just because I get so excited each year because um, the process of selecting what we're going to do is just so much fun Mm -hmm. and um and this year we're going to have 3d printing i mean i haven't seen it i've read about it i've seen oh that's exciting so who's who's going to actually be running their 3d printers well it's it's mostly our i i computer science faculty Mm -hmm. and we have our digital media coordinator just got a really really good christmas present so we're using his now I was. Uh, there. I know, pretty impressed. I was. <laughs> we're all going. Wow, you were really on the nice list. I think Bert and I were both there for the first Geek Day in mm-hmm. 2009. Originally yes. with the Macintosh Apple Users Group in Hawaii, but now it's definitely something Leeward has made into its own. What I like about it, as a geek myself, is the inclusiveness of that term, geek. You mentioned 3D printing, but there's. Almost anything geeky that's happening. Drones, photography. That's right. Uh, that's right. This year we have like an I- introduction to Instagram. Uh, that's obviously for people who aren't kids because you don't have to introduce them to anything <laughs> online. Right. They just figure it out. Um, but we do have a drone mm-hmm. that we've taken some really neat pictures of campus. We had um, some photovoltaic panels put on the roof on majority of our buildings. And so the only way we could actually see it really well was with this drone. So the guy who has it is one of our IT people. He's coming out, and he's going to be talking about buying them, the pros and cons, and, as you know, regulations. and Right. It's quickly evolving. It, I think the FAA have, has realized that uh, – you know, they got to do something. So I think they just announced some of the uh, commercial, uh, let's say, regulations. Regulations, the uses. And, and you know, I was at a, a family wedding on Maui, and there were dr- drone photography and videos throughout everything. And the, the young kids just think it's fine and mm-hmm. are waving and <laughs> and taking them. Then we, we also have uh, video editing this year. So we have someone bringing in uh, a, a GoPro camera. And he's going to make suggestions to people. I mean, the nicest thing I think about Geek Day is that it's small enough that you can get one-on-one help. And so we do the little sessions, but throughout the whole day, there's this room that we call the Digital Cafe where you can just stop by. I mean, last year, somebody was there the entire time, never went to one session, but got her problem solved. And we, you know... um, there's so many things now that can go wrong or it has 15,000 settings that you have to go into your phone to change. And we have enough people who are diverse that can answer any questions. So instead of a genius bar for a specific type of technology, it's the geek bar. Well, we, we <laughs> used to call it the really smart bar. Oh, you know, because really the really so, smart bar. Because we didn't. You we didn't want to overpromise. Are you um, pretty much tapping the resources that you have on campus? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've, no, we've got digital media students uh, uh, and uh, some uh, computer science students who are here to help all the faculty and staff. So the people who are presenting the sessions are our computer science faculty, our digital media faculty, our television production faculty, and this year we also have a track specifically. 
well, it's geared towards teachers. So we have a lot of our educational technology uh, specialists. A lot of the things they're talking about can be used throughout uh, anybody's mm-hmm. business, and uh, but they're going to gear it specifically towards teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a session on Adobe Voice. I hadn't heard about it. Fabulous, wonderful app that you can create such a, 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 an amazing little story by recording your voice, mm. and they have a, a variety of media, both both uh, graphic images and f- photos that you can use to then illustrate the story that you've told. Oh, wow, cool. Now, Geek Day, I, is, a, Geek Day is a free event, which I think is key because yes. how, how interesting it is for anybody even remotely interested in technology. Um, there are going to be door prizes, is that correct? We are, you know, we, we're, we're not giving quite as many as we used to <laughs> because in the beginning we wanted to, to get people in. Mm-hmm. And we really thought, well, who was going to, what is this Geek Day and wh- why is it free? I mean, if it's free, it can't be that good, right? Right? I mean, we all have that concern. And really and truly, it's just a bunch of us who are kind of fun and it's exciting to sit around and learn from each other. Like, I want to go to some of these sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also feel this kind of this uh, college pride that mm. we as Leeward can actually be a resource to people. So we've been we've struggled, but we're really going to continue to keep it free. A lot of people keep saying as it gets more and more popular, start charging. And How many people come to Geek well, Day? Just between two hundred and two hundred and fifty. Wow! But that's, that's but based on the number of sessions we have, we don't want to have like more than fifty people in a session. So right, right. if and we struggle with this every year. Is, you know, do we expand? Do we not? Well, you know, I'm sorry to say that you know once you are on the Show it's kind of it's going to be up to five hundred. It's huge now. So, <laughs> and we do have we do have some backups just in case something happens. What we're going you know what we're going to do as digital cafe is our biggest kind of buffer. But we are going to this year um, make sure that when we capture the names of the people who attend and you know they register with their email, we're going to really bounce ideas off them about pre-registering. We're still going to keep it free, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. for next year we're thinking you know if they pre-register, then we can see if there's a lot of interest in one session or type of session as I was uh, talking earlier about photography we always do several sessions on photography because people are always wanting to know uh, about the different apps on their phone I don't know if it's going to go up to the level of the competition that you have, but they do want to be able to do the snapshots that they take and put on Facebook or now Instagram. Now, the kids on our campus are not that into Facebook anymore. Oh, no. But e- everything is Instagram, so um, that has become you know, the, the so, social media of so choice. So, Kathleen, where, where can people find out the info about the uh, you just go. Day? You can go to Leeward's website, leeward.hawaii.edu. There's a bunch of Geek Day things on that. If you are the kind of person who likes to type in URLs, you can go <laughs> leeward.hawaii.edu slash geek day, and it will take you to a Weebly account. So okay. if, you, if you know what that is, you've, you were at our sessions last year. All good. right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Kathleen, for Thank joining us. Thank you both. And that's what's been happening this week. We'll take a short break, and when we return, We'll be joined by Coast Guard Lieutenant Commander Andy Goshorn and Grant Toyooka and, of course, uh, Randy Okata, Otaka. And, of course, he's brought his whole team from Wahewa Elementary. 
We're going to talk about Sea Perch, an underwater robotics program, and we'll hear from some young voices as well. How does underwater robotics fit among the other robotics programs we have in Hawaii? We'd, of course, love your thoughts or questions as part of that conversation. You can call us at 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands at 877-941-3689. And, of course, you can tweet us your questions. We're here in the studio live and monitoring. You can reach us at Bite Marks or at Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, Baltimore, I got some bad news. Those 100-year-old sewer pipes you've got, they're kind of becoming a problem. It's like a time bomb. This old infrastructure, we know it's going to fail. The question is where and when. I'm Kai Rizdal. A trillion dollars. That's how much we're all going to need to fix the pipes under our feet. That story next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following Bite Marks Cafe. Blue zones are what they call places in the world that have the longest life expectancies, and they have some things in common. They have tremendously supportive social networks, spiritual consciousness, and a strong sense of identity and and history. I'm Sarah McConnell. Join me for With Good Reason, Thursdays at 6.30 on Hawaii Public Radio. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Whole Foods Market Hawaii, Ferraro Choi, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozao. And, of course, joining joining us today is uh, Lieutenant Commander Andy Gosshorn. And, of course, uh, we've got Randy Otaka and Kai, one of the students from uh, Waihua Elementary. And, of course, uh, Andy is the lieutenant commander with the Coast Guard. And, of course, uh, he's the state coordinator for the Sea Perch Program. Randy, meanwhile, is a special education teacher at Waihua Elementary School. And uh, let's see, what does the Sea Perch competition bring to the students? And we'd love to hear your questions and comments. And of that, that, that number, if you want to call us, is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe, guys. Thank you. Great Thank to be you. here. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's start with uh, kind of the... Sea Perch program in general, and, and and this is really kind of something that's been started on the mainland, right? I mean, and it's kind of it's it's uh, in several states, bunch of schools. Uh, Andy, tell us a little bit about how it got started here in Hawaii. Certainly. So, like you said, uh, Sea Perch is a national program, and it started back in 2010 uh, when Susan Nelson, who's the director of Sea Perch National, uh, came out here to do her first kind of ex- uh, demonstration to the teachers, mm-hmm. teach them what's in the kit, uh, how how the whole program works. And then from there, a um, uh, Coast Guard captain by the name of Brian Daly uh, got interested in it um, and started to help uh, students get, the, uh, get kits out to the schools uh, to help students build the robots. And then he started hosting the competition uh, at the Coast Guard, cool, uh, Coast Guard Pool at Base Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sea Perch, is that an acronym? Does it 
I mean, almost in every science program, I'm beginning to think that that's what it is. Or is it specifically because of the fish? Yeah. Believe it or not, it is uh, specifically that that's the name. No acronym. It's it's look. It's just sea perch. Sea perch. It okay. came out of an MIT uh, research project uh, years ago. I believe in nineteen late nineteen ninety seven or so, where a, a PhD candidate uh, had as just an activity of things they could do, and they just called it sea perch. And then uh, I think uh, it's been around for what a couple of years? How many years? Yeah, I think this is our fourth year of uh, hosting a competition at. Fourth year in Hawaii? Yes. Wow. And uh, I guess uh, maybe give us a sense as to how many schools uh, started off and, and what's it up to now? Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't here at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this year alone we had over 200 students, uh, 20 local schools, and we had over 38 uh, teams from those 20 schools. Wow. Wow. And uh, Randy, uh, you're you're here representing uh, Waihawai Elementary. Uh, give yes. us a little sense as to when did you when did the Waihawai Elementary get involved with the Sea Perch? Well, uh, Waihawai Elementary participated last year. I was not the advisor at that time. Uh, Miss Adams was mm-hmm. the advisor, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this is actually our second year participating in the program. Yeah. Now, you and uh, Kai, your student, who we'll hear from shortly, are wearing a shirt that kind of uh, represents the robotics programs at your school, and Seaperch is part of it, yes. but it's obviously a broader program. Can you talk a little bit more about some of those programs and where Seaperch fits into that uh, world? Sure. Uh, so on our shirt, there's a circle, and it's divided into thirds. One-third of it has uh, uh, a drawing of a Vex IQ robot. Another has a Lego robot. And um, the third has the sea perch. Sea perch is on the bottom. It's an underwater program. That doesn't <laughs> like mean that. that in any way it's it's any less than the others. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, in uh, robotics, there there are several aspects like the build design, um, the driving, and the programming. And uh, each of the programs emphasizes different aspects. Um, the the sea perch as- uh, sea perch program really emphasizes the build design and um, the driving aspects, um, and it's you know, it it was very accessible for the students. They were very excited to participate in it. Um, uh, the team came by and helped with the whole build process. And uh, really, um, there's you know, um, it, it's there's nothing like building something, going to the pool, testing it out, and making modifications. It was it was a very exciting and accessible um, program for the kids. So so I, so I was wondering. You, you, you know, given that it's uh, been a couple of years, but uh, for Kai, Kai, I mean, what grade are you uh, over there at Waihawai Elementary? Well, I'm in like fifth grade. Yeah, good grade. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you are what did did the did the uh, Mr. Randy here? Did he have to convince you to be a part of this Sea uh, Perch team? Well, n- no, not really. I. I chose my own decision. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. So how did how did you hear about Sea Perch on campus? There's this mm-hmm. paper going around mm-hmm. and they were inviting just kids going to robotics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you have an interest in it previously? Had you been participating in any of the robotics programs prior or is Sea Perch your first robotics experience? Well, there's this other robotics, it's called Vex IQ, mm-hmm. and it was for the high rise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that one we had to build using this kind of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like using Legos. Right. right. Um, we used it's like a little brain mm-hmm. and motors. 
um, in the Vex IQ high rise, you could program your robot. You could like drive it yourself. Mm-hmm. But those are two different types of control. Yeah, yeah control. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So, so Andy, you know, in terms of. Uh, uh, managing the program. I mean, you're just like one guy with, with <laughs> the Coast Guard. Um, how did you kind of get tapped to be program manager? And, and how, how much time does that really involve going out to all these schools and supporting this program? Well, that's a great question. Obviously, I am one person. There's no way I could have done it without a lot of great volunteers and the partnerships we have in the community. Sea um, Purchase uh, couldn't happen without our, our support that we get from the Pearl Harbor Navy Shipyard. Uh, they provide a generous amount of funding so that we could get um, kits to the schools that are interested in Seaperch but may not have funds at their school to buy the kits themselves. Okay, so 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 the uh, Naval Shipyard, which is a whole other department agency, is the one that helped fund the kits for Seaperch? Correct. They uh, they provided um, funding, so they bought us over 50 kits mm-hmm. um, that we could mm-hmm. get out to the schools. Additionally, uh, Spa War uh, hosts, uh, they have schools that they work with in the local community where they provide kits um, to those schools as well. So that's just getting the kits out there. Um, from there, uh, the kit is it's $160, and it comes with everything they need. But if a teacher or student's never soldered before or done anything like that, they're going to be uh, lost. And that's where we really step in. It's the kind of Coast Guard's commitment to the local community. Mm-hmm. And we bring engineers and folks who know how to solder, who have been through the engineering design spiral, and we help these students learn through trial and error. And, you know, every student who soldered their control board made a solder mistake, and they had to go back and fix it. And, but now they've all soldered, and that's a life skill that's going to carry them throughout as they go into these larger and bigger programs. They know some of the basic fundamentals of the design spiral and engineering, and we think that's why Seapurch is such a unique program. It's, it's really that entry level that allows them to grow into bigger and better robotics programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have to say, you know, they – uh, Coast Guard did an excellent job. They sent a team over to Wahiwa Elementary. We had a few schools come over, and um, they really supported us throughout the process of building the um, the Sea Perch robots. And the, the kids were so excited. You know, they they could tell us that, oh, you know, I I have some experience soldering, and you know, things that they would never they would never do um, mm-hmm. without participating in this program. So I th- I thought that was a excellent. Um, event and support. Yeah. So um, I, I have this other question that I, I'm curious. Maybe it's it's uh, a little bit more political, but <laughs> maybe you can. Now, Office of Naval Research, they're kind of a big sponsor for Sea Perch. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't they tap the Navy? I mean, there's a big Navy presence here. Why why not tap some of the Navy guys? I mean, how did how did uh, Coast Guard sort of get uh, get involved? Well. ONR is definitely a, a huge backbone of what allowed Seaperch to grow from, you know, an, an idea coming out of MIT to the, the national program it is today. Um, they, they've helped uh, with sponsorships and grants and uh, helping get these kits nationwide, not mm-hmm. just here mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Um, to the larger question of why Coast Guard versus not Navy, I, I wish I'd give that answer, but I think just Coast Guard found it interesting. It was a niche that uh, was very easy for us to get out there and, and work with the community and um, like I said, we've worked side by side with our, our uh, you know, friends and colleagues over at Pearl Harbor Navy Shipyard. That they're scoring with us on the uh, on the pool deck um, to time. They're they were two of the I think four of the judges were from the Pearl Harbor Navy Shipyard. Um, and again, Department of Education was there uh, helping us judge, helping us coordinate with the schools and arrange dates. So it really is a team effort, um, and really no one's in the lead. We're all working together to uh, help improve the Hawaii's youth. That's great. No, there was a really great cooperation. <clears throat> 
amongst all the people that were volunteering there. We're talking to Coast Guard Lieutenant Commander Andy Goshorn, uh, Randy Otaka, a teacher at Wahoo Elementary, and Kai, a student, a fifth grade student in the Sea Perch program. We're talking about underwater robotics in schools. If you are a student yourself or a parent or Kai's parents, you can give us a call at <laughs> 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689 not to, to ask or talk about this program. So Kai, you said you started with the VEX IQ and that's certainly a program I know it's like building with these pieces. I think what's exciting to me about underwater robotics is, well, for one thing, underwater robots get to work in three dimensions, not just on a surface, but they have to go up and down. Um, so although it's almost like picking your favorite child, which do- doesn't exist, so don't worry, uh, what is your favorite between VEX, or are you now a complete and total underwater robotics fan? Well, I don't really have a favorite. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Because I was thinking of, for my career, just being like an outer space kind of rover driver. Okay. And mm-hmm. like research and look at other items and mm-hmm. minerals. Oh on, yeah, that that'd be fun. On the planet. Right. And when I use the um the Vex IQ <coughs> high high rise, it helps me with building the robot. Mm-hmm. Also it does the sea perch and also the um claw. The programming for the Vex IQ that help that would help me a lot because mm-hmm. I think one of my teachers they said that for the robotics mm-hmm. they said that um, the driving a rover mm-hmm. or something on for the NASA it's not really much of driving with a controller it's more like programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, for this, the sea perch, it helps me with when the rover's in space because when you're controlling it, the the, ro- the robot in the sea perch is always floating. Mm-hmm. Same thing it is in the space, how everything likes to float because of no gravity. Well, you know, <clears throat> I noticed that during the uh, competition, there was uh, somebody that was, you know, sort of managing the maneuvering of the sea perch as it went through its obstacle course. And, and so that was one person, right, doing the maneuvering. But there was another person actually spotting yeah, where, where the sea perch was along that obstacle course. So how much of it was you watching your sea perch and, and listening to your spotter? Well... It was, it's kind of hard trying to listen to the spotter because there's a lot of other people yelling at the same time sometimes. <laughs> you don't know which one is your spotter, right? I mean, everybody could say, up, 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 down, yeah. down, down, down. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes they're not even close to where I actually am. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to believe if they're actually telling the truth. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think to your to your point, uh, as a as a let's say robot controller, and you're controlling this on a 3D path, and you're standing on one in the pool, and you're watching the sea perch as it maneuvers away from you, right along this obstacle course. The further away from you it goes, the harder it is to see, right? So, yeah. so just imagine. 
uh, trying to control something underwater, and it's hard to see, right? But you got to decide whether you're going to trust your visual versus the spotter spying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of, for the last time I actually did it, I think I trusted my vision because what I saw was that, to me, I never for the there's like I think maybe six hoops. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, five for the obstacle course. Oh yeah, five for the obstacle course, mm-hmm. and but you have to go and come back too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, when I'm doing that at the fifth hoop, because usually when we go to practice at the pool in Wahiwa, mm-hmm. it's a lot closer to the edge of the pool. When we went to the competition, it was farther. So the farther we got to the fifth hole, it was harder to see it. Mm-hmm. So when I was driving, it looked like that I got through that one. I got up. I got that fifth point. But then when I went to go through it again to get back, it looked like they kept hitting it on it. I never mm-hmm. made it. Mm-hmm. And then I actually did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I trusted my vision instead of the spotters. Very good piloting. <laughs> good. Very good piloting. So, Andy, uh, before we get too far, we talked about hoops and stuff. I mean, what is the nature of this uh, this competition? I know that when we do VEX robotics or other robotics, they're, they're accomplishing a task. There's either the self, the pre-programmed, it has to run autonomously, and then there's the piloted part. There's an obstacle course or something that needs to be attached to something else. What does it? Is it like other programs where the challenge changes every year? For a sea perch competition, so there are three parts um, to the sea perch day. There is the, the pool events uh, where the robot has to run through the obstacles. There is a poster component and a presentation component. But within the pool, uh, there are two types of uh, courses. The, the one course that remains the same every year is called the speed or obstacle course, which is five hoops uh, oriented in different fashions that the robot has to go through all five hoops, uh, surface, and then go back down and come all the way back through all five hoops, and they have to do that. In under three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this year, um, the second half of the pool competition was called the finesse, where there were three different types of obstacles. One was where they had to uh, press a button uh, within a small, small diameter hole. Oh, Another one was yep, where they had to pick up uh, pipes and place them into small holes. And the third component was where they had to slide the a ring on a ladder side to side. Like so, a ladder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that component changes every year. Last year they had to lift up um, uh we called it the heist, and they had to pretend like they were breaking into a bank by opening a safe door and ah. going in, taking the money out. So that p- component changes every year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what also makes it interesting for the students for the design competition is, or from the design aspect is, what the robot that's going to do real well in the speed course may not be the best equipped to handle the finesse uh, obstacles. So every year the students really have to rethink their uh, robot to uh, handle multiple uh, contingencies. Yeah, it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about what went into the design of your sea perch. Well, Kai, we are really glad you were able to join us on the air. And after our break, we're going to hear from another student and yeah. her experiences. But uh, we, we really love hearing from the young voices, the people for whom this stuff will be second Well, before, before we let you go and we go to, go, go to break, I mean, what is it that you want to do besides, you know, like maybe controlling a rover? I mean, what? You, are you have you picked about, a college yet? Yeah, are, are you thinking about college? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but what course of study are you are you sort of leaning toward? Um, what mm-hmm. I'd like to do is kind of be like a little like a scientist, mm-hmm. but also be an engineer. 
I just got the idea now. Yeah, good, good choice. Idea. Good choice. <laughs> good Scientist and engineer. But what really helps in robotics is it helps for the college career, but also for the school. Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing robotics, it helps you with the science. It helps you with the math for making sure how, like, the length, mm-hmm. how far you're going. Um, it also helps for the, like, reading and writing because on the Sea Perch competition, we had to make a video and mm. also make our own poster. Mm-hmm. Marketing, I see. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah it helps to know how to read and write. It was, we were really late on that time for making the poster <laughs> and the video, so we really had lots of time. Okay, well, we'll get back and talk more about the Sea Perch. Of course, uh, uh, we'll be taking a short break to continue our conversation with uh, Lieutenant Commander Andy Goshorn and, of course, uh, Randy Otaka and and Kai, we want to thank you, but we'll have a new student come in uh, after we take our short break. Does the Sea Perch program act as a feeder into other robotics programs or to uh, future CTE and career opportunities? Of course, we'd like to hear from you. If you've got experiences you'd like to share at 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Morning Edition is everywhere. Lourdes Garcia, Ari Shapiro, NPR News, Monroe, Sao Paulo, Beirut, London. Reporting from bunkers, streets, alleys, jungles, and deserts. But most importantly, we're wherever you are. Start your day with a trip around the world and wake up with Morning Edition from NPR News. Weekday mornings from 5 to 8.30 on HPR One. I am Mark Davis with the firm of Davis Levin Livingston, and we are proud to be underwriters of Hawaii Public Radio. We like to believe that we are a partner in transmitting reliable information and comprehensive analysis. Uh, Our commitment to Hawaii Public Radio is an essential part of our mission, and we take pride in our association with public radio. Hawaii Public Radio, celebrating partnership, building community. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're talking to Lieutenant Commander Andy Goshorn, Randy Otaka from Waihua Elementary School, and a new guest, Kohala, a student at uh, the school. And we're going to continue our conversation about sea perch. Now, I want um, Andy to give us, oh, well, actually, uh, maybe Randy <laughs> instead of Andy. Randy, how did you get the students to participate? Was it, was it I know with, uh, with Kai, I mean, you know, like he was looking at the paper and he was ready to <laughs> sign up. Uh, and you, but you got a pretty good turnout for, for participation. But what was the range of, of, of coercion that you had to, you know, use on some of the students? Well, okay, um, you know, there are four advisors. Um, I have to give a shout-out to them. So there's Kate Adams, Siobhan Carpenter, um, Grant Toyoka, and mm-hmm, myself. Mm-hmm. And we discussed things. We uh, we wanted this year to be a, be a building year for us for um, our robotics program. And so we made a conscious decision to make our robotics program as inclusive as possible. We did, set, um, we did create an application, and we did set a 
you know, we, we felt a minimal standard. Um, we wanted them to do some sort of um, small engineering project, and there was a small writing piece. Um, our objective was not to really, we were not um, aiming to cherry pick any students. Mm. We really wanted to get um, the full range of students. Uh, we did set the range uh, from like grade three to five, and we did get a, a you know a fair amount of applications, um, and um, basically anyone who applied um, got in. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, we um, we did have a second application period after our Vex IQ season, and we did you know I think there was a little bit of hype generated after our. Um, participation in Vex IQ. So we did get a second like set of students in. But again, our our aim throughout this year has been to build the program and to get um, students who normally would not even conceive of um, getting into engineering to have some kind of exposure to you know, robotics and mm-hmm. engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, before the break, we heard Kai's story. So welcome to the show. Kohala, thank you for coming on the air. Um, I, we, we should ask you the same question. What was it that uh, enticed you to participate in this program? Well, it's kind of like, um, let's say, um, like kind of like nervous for me and mm-hmm. like my other um, classmates because it's like kind of hard to do like many different stuff like when we do um the practice on saturday the first practice it was sort of easy then the other practice like the competition was kind of hard and easy now <laughs> mm-hmm. now no, kohala i i um we asked kai about the uh the challenges with controlling the sea perch uh, through the obstacle course. And, of course, I was watching you uh, when you had to run the seepers through the five rings. And, and I noticed that all of your advisors were yelling, go Kohala, go <laughs> Kohala. And, of course, there were spotters that were probably telling you, up, down, up, down. So I want to hear from you, Kohala. What is it that you relied the most on when controlling your sea perch? Well, I actually, um, I actually listened to them because... Some of them were, like, um, actually true when they actually told me what to do because when I actually listened to them, mm-hmm. they actually made me get more points. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was kind of hard for me because when, when, um, when I was trying to go to the top, it was kind of taking long, but when he said one, I actually went up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I would take it, it's kind of hard to see the sea perch when you're looking at the length of the pool, right? I mean, the further away it get, it gets, the harder it is to get a sense of depth of field, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, when, when I was, like, trying to look, it, I saw, like, ripples because mm-hmm. the sun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and um, uh, you know... You know, uh, Andy. I mean, you were telling us that the two the two robots, the one that was in the obstacle course and the one for the finesse, were really different kinds of designs. Because if you if you think about it, I mean, if you're going through an obstacle course, you want it to maybe design it for for speed and maybe buoyancy. But for the finesse, you're not that worried about buoyancy. You just want it to you know be able to move stuff around. Uh, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious from your standpoint. Um, are there any tips that you might 
convey to the teams on what to consider when designing their their uh, robot kit? So I think the biggest challenge we see every year is students really underestimate uh, how much buoyant force is required to move a robot up and down. Mm-hmm. Every year we see the robots where they straight out of the kit, it's stuck at the top of the water. No matter how hard they try to tell it to dive, it's got to go down. Um, so that's always the, the hardest thing to learn is how to really make a robot go down to five feet and to operate. And then from there, it, it's there, there's really no uh, formula of success because every robot's a little bit different, and every single one of them does really well in, in various things. It's always just a trade-off of whether or not they want the speed or the agility uh, to, on the finesse course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Randy, you had mentioned previously that you try to make it as inclusive as possible. This is a rebuilding year for your robotics program. Yes. Um, but it sounds like from poster making to actually piloting to engineering and programming, there is a role for every kind of student on a robotics program. Is that true? Yes, um, I, I do think that's true. And uh, we did try to find uh, a, a place for every student. You know, um, so for for example, for the VEX IQ competitions, you know, there are different roles like driver, programmer, builder, and, um, you know, designer. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to play to everyone's strengths so mm-hmm. that everyone had a chance to participate. You know? um, yeah, uh, you know, there, there's always this, um, I don't know, this uh, debate about priorities, I guess. You know, everyone wants to be very competitive and win and everything mm-hmm. like that, right? But, um but at the same time, you know, our objective in the, um, our for our robotics program was to have all the kids have as much exposure as possible. So, for example, for um, this Sea Perch competition, I mean, we could have um, said, "Oh, well, you are the number one driver, and you will be driving all of our robots." Mm-hmm. You know, but um, really, our we wanted all of the kids to have a chance. Mm-hmm. So. Um, whether they were the top driver or not the top driver, you know, we, we had them all take a turn at driving. We had everyone play different roles, like being the tether, being the spotter. Um, we tried to be as, I guess, democratic as possible with it. And, um, you know, whether we win or not, um, I, I think our, our priority was to really give all of these kids this experience. Mm-hmm. You know? so now, now, Kohala, what part of Sea Perch did you enjoy the most? Well, the the best part I um, enjoyed in Sea Perch was the the um, obstacle when I drive mm-hmm. because when I was kind of like excited because when I when I actually went through I actually got to my my five points before I before I get even get more mm-hmm. because when I when I got to the surface I was kind of like wow I almost got I almost lost like five of those points. Mm-hmm. Nah, you, I, I was watching you, and you were really uh, really into it. I mean, <laughs> everybody was rooting for you. Now, I'm curious, um, when, when it came to, uh, were you involved with the design of that sea perch, uh, you know, determining the buoyancy and how perhaps uh, maybe from a speed standpoint, how to design for speed as opposed to, I don't know, bulk? Maneuverability. Yeah. <laughs> no, because... Well, sort of, yeah, because when 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 I actually did like scene, like when we choose which um which one we wanted, we actually use the one that is like the best, like the rubbery one, so it can actually like go through for the the buttons and the for the ladder for the 
to move to side to side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kohala, um, you know, Kai said, oh, my ambition is uh, to study this engineering as well as uh, uh, science and uh, a career apparently in space exploration. So although it might be a little early to commit to your future major, I was wondering, if, perhaps through this experience, do you have an inkling of what it is you want to do uh, as you progress through school and move on to a job? No. Not ready. <laughs> All right. Well, that's honest. That's Unsigned. a very honest question. Was there anything that, uh, you know, from a, from a let's say, learning perspective, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your advisors are always talking science, technology, engineering, and math. What is it that might have, let's say, piqued your interest in those topics? To do more of. Yeah. Um, like, for, for the um, math, we actually had the math for adding up the high um, – when we had to stack high, mm-hmm. and the for sea perch, we had to like, um, mm-hmm. like we had to like, um, like get how much points we can as possible. Mm-hmm. So you kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, good, good. More math. You know, um, I, w- I want to I want to just um, talk a little bit about Kohala. I mean, she's very humble, but uh, she, you know, during our. Um, engineering design session, she's always the first to say, you know, oh, I have a question or I see a problem. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's very, uh, uh, she's always aware of, like, what we can improve on um, the design and everything like that. And um, that was that was one of the things that we, uh, we as the advisors really saw as, like, a, a great strength in asset. Great, you know? great. So, and, and there's a lot of sort of thought process that goes into this because mm-hmm. as I started to look at all the different p- potential designs that people were coming up with, I mean, there were like uh, drink canisters that they used for, <laughs> for sort of buoyancy. Uh, you know, what were some of the discussions that were going on in terms of this, deciding how your sea perch was going to get, get uh, designed? <laughs> well, you know, for the sea perch, we really did uh, leave a lot of it up to the students. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there is a basic um, template design, I guess. You know, when, when, they, when the Coast Guard comes in, they, they, they build a basic robot. But you really don't know what's going to happen until you actually go to the pool and right. test it out. Right, right, And, of course, uh, uh, like Andy was mentioning, there were <laughs> the very first problem was the issue of the buoyancy. You know, how do we, how do we conquer the buoyancy? And then um, it was really interesting because um, a lot of the students have this, um, what, what I consider like this principle of addition. So what they'll do is, um, if if it's if it's not sinking, well, let's add something to it, mm-hmm. and then they'll add something to it. It'll sink, and then it's sinking too much. Oh, let's add another <laughs> another floater to it, and they would you know progressively add more and more until like, the <laughs> robot was kind of overloaded. But um, so then we had to kind of talk them uh, talk to them about well maybe it would be possible to accomplish the same thing, but by you know, subtracting, like uh-huh, trying, trying uh-huh. to remove elements, uh-huh. and um, you know, it got them thinking about things. And um, but yeah, there were there were a lot of elements in the design process. Even um, you know, for the finesse challenges, um, well, should we just use a round pipe, or should we shape it? Should we um, add like rub? What we did was we added rubber to the end um, of our mm-hmm. our um, arm mm-hmm. because. It was able to manipulate things a little better. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, but again, you know, we did try to leave it up to the kids, and um, they, they really could come up with a lot of um, interesting ideas. Good, so, good. Yeah. Now, Andy, uh, Randy talked a little bit about how, he, how, they, how you find students, but I'm curious how the Sea Perch program 
finds schools? Is it an expanding program? Is it an opportunity for a school to get together and try to enroll? Do they is there is there a first kind of a recruiting visit? I mean, how does it work? And how does do he they call grow? you up? I mean, well, how does that? Yeah, how That's does a great question? So uh, we maintain a website, cperch-hawaii.org, mm-hmm. and that's uh, my main forum for uh, getting the word out and and is a central point for teachers and schools to contact me if they're interested. Uh, I maintain a, just a simple Google form on there to let me know their contact info, and we, uh, we're growing. Uh, we start with Sea Perch, and we're uh, uh, in May. We're going to be hosting what's called Mate ROV, which is another underwater robotics program. So we're looking to Sea Perch is just the beginning. Um, we had the, the big competition last weekend, but my goal is that we have regional competitions here on Oahu with all the various regions. Um, that there's so many teams are interested that we have to have a qualifier before we get to the state championship. Yeah, no, definitely. I want to talk about Mate uh, when when we get closer to that event. So, uh, were the uh, results from Sea uh, Perch uh, decided upon already? Who? Yes, they were. Okay, so can you can you make the big reveal? <laughs> so the the big reveal. Um, so we had two schools from Highlands uh, Intermediate uh, were the top two winners, mm-hmm. and uh, the. The school that I'm just uh, absolutely, and it's why I come back and do this every year, uh, Makalapa uh, was a brand new school this year, had never even touched a sea perch kit till December, um, but they had a, a motivated advisor who said, hey, this is something we're interested in. Uh, we set them up with um, um, some kits, again, d- uh, donated by the, the Navy, and they showed up brand new school and took third place overall. Wow, so, wow, wow. So, again, kudos to the, the hard work uh, that Highlands did to uh, take the top two. They're just an incredible program uh, that they're running out of there. And, again, uh, just a great job to the, the brand now, new schools. Now, nothing against Highlands, but bear in <laughs> mind that Waihewa uh, is an elementary school. Kohala here is third grade, Kai, fifth grade. And, and you know, I, I, I know Kathy Lynn from uh, Highlands, and she had, like, high school kids in there. So they were like, you know, they were pretty experienced. Yeah, um, Kathy's uh, high schoolers actually compete in their own high school competition. So we we host everything from high schoolers all the way down to elementary. Mm-hmm. And Sea Perch recognizes strategically that the middle school elementary is where our best target audience is. Sure. So we, we we do want to get the high schoolers involved, and we hope that Sea Perch is a hook for new robotics programs to grow into uh, larger things. Sounds good. Fantastic. And uh, where can we find out more about Waihewa uh, and what you guys are doing? Uh, at Waiwa Elementary, <laughs> um, I'll put the website. We up do there. have a. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, we do have a website. Um, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> good. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> make sure we share that with everybody. Well, Andy Goshhorn is the lieutenant commander over at the Coast Guard, and of course, Randy Otaka and his students Kai and Kohala come from Waiwa Elementary. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's great. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll find out how key stakeholders are reframing Hawaii's broadband conversation. And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at feedback at BiteMarks.org. Of course, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovitz. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called The Go Team and a song called The Scene Between. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. We were the